So it's been a prayer for me for a long time. My children really want my husband to come to church with us and I have wanted him to come to church with me um, since we've been together and so I've tried all of the different tactics of bribing him and trying to push him into something and one of Pastor Tim's sermons, I remember he said, you just have to give it to God and you just have to decide which things you're going to let God take control of. And I think that this is one of those things. And so I decided to stop pushing and I invited him to come to Christmas service and he came. And so I feel like that little seed has been planted and we're just going to try and keep nurturing it and growing that and I know that it was really exciting for me and exciting for my kids too and him also but he might not admit it as much. Welcome everybody. I'm sorry I still sound like the teacher from Charlie Brown. Uh, welcome everybody, Homer Glenn, New Lenox, Orland Park, online. We are so glad to have you with us. In James 5.14, Jesus, the brother of James, says, is any of you sick? My question is, is any of you not sick? Right? Did you have this whole thing going on, the whole holidays at your house? Because it's ridiculous. I'm pretty sure I had flu-rona. I'm clear now. I do not have corona. I am on antibiotics for three weeks. This is the best I've felt in three weeks, okay? I mean, I'm just going to tell you that's why I'm here. Out of the 14 members of our immediate family, everyone was sick over the holidays except my wife, which just proves that she really is an angel, doesn't it? Come on, ladies. You got to give me some props for that somehow. Come on. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Uh, or maybe we all need that brain implant she got at the Mayo Clinic. I don't know what it is, one way or the other. I'm only saying this because I know this is where you're at too. I, I know it's crazy times. And, and I want you to know something. I'm, I'm kind of I'm hyped up right now. And it's, I've only had like three drinks of coffee. That's not what it is. I realized as I was sitting down there worshiping, I realized that Satan does not want Parkview to do 2022. That's what I figured out. Because, I mean, if I could tell you all the behind-the-scenes things that have gone wrong to get us to this place, you know, salt trucks not showing up and stuff not, not getting done the way that it was supposed to, and, you know, I'm still sick, and, all the, and a lot of people are sick, and, and all the things that are going on, it, it just dawned on me, oh, yeah, I know why all this is happening. It's because Satan doesn't want us to be here, Right? And you're here, even if you're online because you couldn't, you know, get out of your icy driveway, we're all here because we know that, that times are hard and we need to be together and we need Jesus. And I'm, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer here, okay? I, it's just that it feels like a dark time, doesn't it? We've had two years of pandemics and fires and tornadoes and ice storms and politics and racism and so much mental anguish and anxiety around us and probably inside all of you. And, and we're in dark times. And for some of you, that's an economic darkness that you feel as you decide which bills you're going to try to pay or not pay. For some, it's a physical darkness, whether it's, you know, a virus or, or worse. I mean, three weeks of not feeling good really gave me a heart for those of you that suffer for uh, long periods of time with chronic illness. Maybe it's relationship darkness for you and your family and your, your marriage, whatever's going on. Maybe it's even a spiritual darkness. 
you're not sure you would necessarily describe it that way, but, but you've got plenty of stuff, but you still feel empty, okay? And we all know when Christmas is over, there are bills to pay and weight to lose and like five more months of winter, right? Wow, Tim, that was the worst sermon intro ever. But hang on, I need to set this up because I promise I have something good and important to say. I'm not a pessimist, I'm the opposite, which is what today is about. I I love the story of the parents who had one kid that was a real pessimist and one kid that was a real optimist. And so they decided, they decided they were going to fix it at Christmas time by giving opposite presents of what, you know, they ought to. So, so, so the kid that's always a pessimist, they got him a new PlayStation, an OLED TV, a new bike. And the other kid that was always happy all the time, they got him a box of horse manure. I'm not saying they were good parents. I'm just saying it's a story, okay? So, so the kid that's a pessimist, he opens up the box and he's like, oh, a PlayStation. Oh, a, a new TV. It'll probably break. Oh, a new bike. I'll probably crash. I hope I have a helmet. And the optimist kid, he opens up his box and he sees horse manure and he says, you see what I got? Do you see what I got? There's got to be a pony out there somewhere. That's, that's me, I promise, okay? Let's just admit that it's been pretty dark. I, I don't want to sugarcoat it, but here's the deal, all right? The darker it becomes, the more we need the light. <laughs> Whoa, Tim, that was so deep. Wait, I mean, come on. The darker it is, the more we need the light. 2,000 years ago, people felt the same way. And then Jesus was born. And he grew up. And he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Maybe you've heard that before, but I mean, I've heard that verse, I don't know, a thousand times probably. But it sounds so much more important when our times are dark. I mean, I was thinking about the wise men, you know, everybody's putting their Christmas stuff back up and you're putting the, the, the decorations back in the attic or whatever. They're following a star to see Jesus. How much harder was it to see the star to follow Jesus when there was a full moon or they were around a campfire? I mean, how much harder was it to see that star than when it was really dark? Haven't you been to a place where you were away from the city lights and, and, and you could see the beauty of the sky and been amazed by it? The Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God, but only when it's dark or you have a telescope. I mean, it might be hard to walk without tripping when it's dark. It might actually be more dangerous to live when it's dark. But that's when the smallest light makes the most amount of difference. Again, the darker it becomes, the more we need the light and and Jesus is the light, right? That's why we had so many thousands of people come to our candlelight Christmas services in spite of a spike in the virus and everything else that was going on, and why we had so many hundreds of people who raised their hands and took a step to follow Jesus. I think more than we've ever had, honestly, because the darker it becomes, the more we need the light. And listen, friends, I've been through some dark times before, and so have you, unless you're like six, right? And the world has been through some dark times before, and that's what I'm trying to tell you. That's what I was trying to tell you in the Christmas series. It was dark then. You realize that Herod tried to kill, had to kill a bunch of babies to try to murder Jesus. Baby Jesus, for crying out loud. And Joseph and Mary had to run for their lives to Egypt. 
And the Roman occupation was terrible. Nero started impaling Christians on sticks and setting them on fire to light his parties. He started throwing them to the lions. I mean, that was pretty dark. And it's been dark a lot since then. As a matter of fact, there's a whole period of history we now refer back to as the dark ages, right? So yeah, we've had a dark couple of years. How would you like to live in the dark age? So again, here's what I was telling you at Christmas. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. All right, exactly. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Is that so great? The darker it becomes, the more we need the light, and the light is Jesus. Jesus is light. Here's where we come in, okay? You ready? Not only did uh, Jesus say he was the light, he said you were the light. Yeah. It's in the Sermon on the Mount, for crying out loud. You are the light of the world. Jesus said, I came to bring you light, but I gave it to you. Remember the Christmas candlelight services? One of them you've been to, surely, at some point. We take the light and we pass it on. That's what we do. And that's what Jesus did for us. But Jesus doesn't want it back. He wants you to pass it on. Because positive contamination is our goal. Are you with me? Positive contamination is our goal. So he says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. You can't just hide your light in your own little world like the Amish. And I know that feels weird to talk bad about people, but they can't watch me on the internet, okay? I mean, I love them. I mean, sometimes I would love to be the Amish. I love the way they live their lives. So simple and no tech. And those beards, man, I mean, come on, I I really love that. They have their own problems, but they're very reverent towards God, and they really love their neighbors as themselves. The problem is their neighbors already have the light. And when Jesus told us to love our neighbors, he didn't mean only the ones that look like us and act like us and have the same cool beards. If Jesus is the light and all you're doing is having little light parties with all the other people, then you have missed the point. Peter said, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That you may declare the praises of the guy, of the one, of the God who called us out of darkness into light. Okay? And what are we supposed to do? We are supposed to, that you may declare... That's what we're doing. Declare to who? Declare to each other? Oh, bless your heart. No, bless your heart. No, bless your heart. Uh -uh. That's not what it is. We're supposed to declare out there. And never before has the world needed light as much, at least in my generation, as it does right now. As you look around the auditorium at your campus, if you're at one of them, you see many lights, and that's because there aren't many windows. As a matter of fact, I was thinking about it, Omer, our, only our home or Glen campus actually has windows, okay? So, so we have all these lights, but there's so many of them. If you lost one light, it, it really wouldn't matter. See, did you notice? Yeah, 
I didn't really do it. I was just freaking out the light guy. But, 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 but if you're in a very dark room and all you have is one light, it makes a huge amount of difference. What's the number one thing people use on their smartphones? The flashlight, right? It's a $1,000 flashlight you're carrying around in your pocket. That's how important light is. So let me unpack and apply a parable that Jesus told in Luke 14 and help you to understand what we're going to do in 2022 and why these lights are hanging here and what we're doing, okay? Certain man was preparing a great banquet, okay? The king was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. God prepared a feast, and he says, open the doors, let everybody in. Let's get a big crowd in. That, that's, what, you know, that's what Christmas was all about. But they all alike began to make excuses. I just bought a field. i got to go see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I just bought five yoke of oxen. I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. I, I just got to leave that one alone. There's so many jokes, I don't have time. And, and, and then the owner of the house became angry because he'd invited these people in. And, of course, this is Jesus talking about the Jews who didn't want to come in because Jesus was there. And, and he went out to the, he told his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. One of the reasons I love the church of Jesus Christ is because this is what it's about. It's about the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame, man. That's what I'm talking about right there. It's about all the people that maybe don't deserve to be there, okay? Because it's not about good people, it's about good news, all right? And this includes people who've made bad mistakes, people who are not okay. But for too long, there's been a spirit in the church of, hey, once you become like us, once you can act like us, then you can be a part of us. And you know what that is? That's the Pharisees, not Jesus. That's exactly what that was. Those are the people that Jesus was mad at all the time. Jesus said, no, 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 no. I'm going to become one of you so that you can get to know God. So the king says, go out quickly. And notice that there's urgency in this. And go into the streets and go into the dark places. Did you notice that? Go into the dark places. Great parable. But... There's more. Sir, sir, the servant said, all that has been done, what you ordered have been done. Now catch this next phrase because it's my favorite phrase in the whole thing. But there is still room. You see, right, right now there are people who think that they're too messy for church. They're, you know, they, they can't, the, you know, the roof's going to fall in. You know, you know the story. And maybe that's even you. And when they actually are, instead of being unworthy of coming in, they're actually the people that are going to be the future light sharers. So what do we need to do? 2022, okay? Here's where we're going with this. It's a year of first steps. We've we, we got to figure out what we're going to do as a church as we take light into the darkness. So what, what do we got to do? Well, first of all, you got to get lit, okay? I'm just, I'm just going to go with this terminology and, you know, old people can think that's cool and young people can laugh at me, okay? Well, what do we need to do? We need to get lit, man. I mean, just like our candlelight service, you can't pass the flame on to someone else unless your flame got lit. Didn't you have that? You know, you're like a couple of you, like you, you turn real fast to go light it and you're like, oh, oh got to go back. You got to stay lit, okay? You got to be lit if you're going to light anything. To switch metaphors, uh, you know, oxygen mask, put your own on first so that you can help everybody else. So my question is, we start 2022, is are you lit? 
And if not, what's the first step you need to take in order to get lit? And let me th- help you go through some of the first steps of 2022, what that's going to be. Have you decided to follow Jesus? Well, if not, are you going to do it? Now, I'm not talking about being perfect. I'm not even talking about being good. I'm just simply saying uh, I'm making a decision to be an apprentice of Jesus and to do my best to follow him. I'm not just going to stick my toes in the water. I'm going to get in the pool. And speaking of water, have you been baptized? Have you made the very important step in declaring that you are his apprentice? If not, why not? Let's get it done. Have you taken the first step of of learning how to follow Jesus (coughs) by trying to get together with other people in a small group who are doing the same thing? Have you done Alpha? Have you done Rooted? Are you involved in a small group? Do you read the Bible? Okay, I know. It's not always easy. I get it. you you got to figure it out. We'll help you with it if you want. But can you take 10 minutes a day and read the Word and listen to what God says? <coughs> Have you been serving? Have you started giving? What's your next first step in one of those areas? All of those are important areas that we're going to challenge you on in 2022 to take a first step, Okay. And just go to our website. All, all you need to do is go on there, pick up the phone and call us and say, hey, I need to take a first step in this. I need to get lit. Help me out. But just as importantly, we're going to challenge the heck out of you because if you aren't lit, you can't pass on the fire. You can't pass on the light to somebody else. I start next week. We're starting a, s- a series next week called How to Be a Better Human. Okay? How to Be a Better Human. And, and basically what it is, is the, uh, it, it's the fruits of the Spirit. We're going to talk about how to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. How to be a better human. All of your neighbors, all of your friends, all the people that you know would be interested in a series on how to be a better human. Because there's a lot of bad humans out there right now, right? Everybody, everybody's going to be interested in this. So I'm going to help you be a better human so that you can go help them be a better human. All right? So first of all, get lit. Second of all, act like you're lit. All right? Act like it. You're the light. Listen to the next verse after this, okay? You're the light of the world. City on a hill can't be hidden. People don't hide the light. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Here's the verse I didn't read yet. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. It's interesting that Jesus says, I'm the light, and then he says, you are the light, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to get lit, and then I want you to act like you're lit. And he says, I want them to see your good deeds. You can paint John 3.16 on your eyelids if you want, but they're going to want to know how you play, okay? So what do people around you see? Read about a pastor who was working on, on a deck one day, and as he was pounding away, he noticed that one of the little neighbor boys was watching him. And he didn't say anything, so the preacher just kept on working, and he thought the boy would leave, but he just stayed right there. And at some point, the preacher was like, well, I guess maybe he's admiring my deck-making abilities, you know, because, you know, that's how pastors are in their head. They all think everybody thinks they're cool. And he's like, well, son, are you trying to pick up some pointers on how to build things? And the little boy said, no, I'm just waiting to hear what the preacher says when he hits his thumb with the hammer. 
And of course, that depends on whether it's Todd or me, but I mean, I'm telling you, if you, if you don't understand this, you're not going to help us at all, okay? Become blameless and pure, Peter, Paul says, children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. You get lit and then you act like you're lit, not perfect. Not like you don't have your own problems, but that the Holy Spirit is giving love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control to you and helping you. So you act like you're lit. And then, and here's where we're at, okay? You got to help others get lit, okay? Here's, here's my premise. If, if you're lost, there are two ways you can find out where you're going. You can get directions or you can follow someone there. I mean, think back before, you know, GPS. Think back. Remember when we used to have to print things off on, was it MapQuest? You know, and, you know, you'd print them all out because you didn't have GPS. Some of you, ah, it's just so bizarre. We used to have to do this, you guys. We used to have maps. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I mean, and that. You know, the, the litmus test was if you could open it and close it again, then you could get where you were going. That was, you know, that's a whole other story, okay? But, but, but like, if I had the, the, the difference of MapQuest directions or following someone, what, what do you think I'm going to pick? What are you going to pick? I want to follow someone. Obviously, two is better than one. It's a lot better to follow a leader than it is to follow directions, so think of the Old Testament. Maybe this will help you put the Old and New Testaments together. In the Old Testament, people were given, the Old Testament was MapQuest, okay? The Old Testament was, here's what you should do. Here's how you should do it. This is what should happen, okay? And the New Testament was Jesus saying what? Follow me. That's the difference between the Old and New Testament. <coughs> and in 2 Corinthians <coughs> 4, 6, we're told that the message of Christ was given to us, God, <coughs> I'm going to preach a sermon, I don't care what Satan does, I don't care, <coughs> God made his light shine in our hearts to give us light. God made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. He made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. We're supposed to pass it on. Peter said, always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have. So you need to have hope, get lit. You need to act like you have hope, act like you're lit, and then always be ready to share that light with the people around you. Peter's not instructing them to have well-constructed theological arguments. He's saying, be ready for when somebody wonders why you're hopeful. And how can you be hopeful in the middle of a, a blazing dumpster fire like the times that we're going on right now? Will you tell them why you're hopeful? Because there's a light, and you have the light. There's got to be a pony out there somewhere. Help others get lit. So this is about bold invitations okay this is what i'm going to be challenging you on this whole year who are the people around you that need to get lit that you want to help get lit maybe they're in your family maybe they're friends maybe they're co-workers whatever it is it's about stepping outside your comfort zone and giving them an invitation i remember the first time i invited denise to go on a date with me it's 
bizarre. It was almost 40 years ago. We were in college together. I'd heard about this really cool little restaurant in a small town that was a little bit of a drive away. So I upgraded from the normal Shoney's or King's Pizza that I, you know, normally would have gone on a first date because, you know, this was not just going to be a normal deal. I really liked this girl, and it was her birthday, and that was the excuse, and so we went to this restaurant. And our life together, honestly, has been more Shoney's than it has been fancy restaurant, but that one invitation changed both of our lives. Invitations are powerful. Invitations can be life-changing. So I want to encourage you in 2022, and this is what we're going to do as we leave here and over the next few weeks, for those of you who are online, couldn't make it in because of the weather, we're going to be thinking about the people that we can invite to help them get lit. Invite to what? Invite them to How to Be a Better Human series. Hey, we're doing this series Thought you might want to want to come to church. You know that statistics show that four out of five people that, that that they surveyed said, "Yeah, I'd go to church with somebody I knew if I got an invitation." Four out of five non-church people said, "Yeah, I would I would probably go." People are really looking for the light because it's dark. Remember, and the darker it is, the more we need the light, and the light is Jesus. Okay, maybe it's about inviting them to your small group. First of all, it's about being in a small group and getting lit and acting like you're lit, and maybe inviting them. Maybe it's about Alpha. I know we haven't talked a ton about Alpha, but the reason that we do Alpha around here is Alpha is a a way for people who are maybe not comfortable with the faith to ask questions about the faith. That's what the Alpha program is all about. And we're getting ready to start. It'll start (coughs) up in March again. We'll start the next round of, of Alpha groups. And they meet in bars, you guys. We do that on purpose. They're going to be at the Square Kelt in Orland. They're going to be at Ember's Tap House in, in Lockport, at Lockport and Beggar's Pizza in New Lenox. And, and, and we do it that way on purpose so that it's an easy, non-confrontational way for you to say, hey, would you like to come to this thing? It's at a bar for crying out loud. Let's go have a drink. And by the way, some of my church friends are going to be there. Haven't you always wanted to do that? Maybe that's just me. Just go to parkviewchurch.com slash alpha, Okay. And you're going to find out about it, what's getting ready to happen. That's the way of love. This is the way of Jesus. People are desperate for the light. I'm telling you, they are. So invite boldly. I want to encourage you over the next year, think about the people, and we're going to write them on light bulbs today, okay? Think about the people that you know they need the light, and you'd love to share it with them because you love them. In John 4, Jesus encounters a Samaritan woman at a well. I just taught on this a couple of months ago. And the woman's been married five times, and she's living with a guy. She hasn't been able to find anybody that loves her. No guy was going to take care of her. She's, she's just really probably at a place, because she's at the well at the middle of the day, where nobody, nobody loves her. She's got nobody in her life. But that day, she met Jesus at the well, and it transformed her whole life. And what did she do? Immediately, she started inviting The Bible says she left her empty water jar at the well and she rushed to the city to tell everybody, including the men who had abused her and used her and anyone else who she could get to listen, about Jesus. And here's all she said. This is all she said. She said, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. In other words, 
I just want to introduce you to somebody, and I don't necessarily know everything about him, and I don't know why he is who he is, and I can't give you the theology behind it, and I don't know whether we're supposed to worship on our mountain or on the Jerusalem mountain, and I don't have the answer to all those questions that you want to ask. All I know is that he knows me. He knows me, and I know him, and he loves me. I can feel it, and he is the light. And the people did. I mean, I didn't read the rest of that story when I did it a couple of months ago. But the people came out and they met Jesus. And they actually turned to the woman. They said, now we know what you were talking about. Now we know that what you said was true. And they started following Jesus. Just please remember this. The master told the servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Remember that. Jesus loves a full house, not so the church can be bigger, but so that lives can be better. You know your life is better if you have Jesus. If you've been around here very long, you know the high value that we have on helping people take their first step towards God. As a matter of fact, many of you sitting here listening to me right now at one of our campuses or online, I would bet a large percentage of you um, came got familiar with us because somebody invited you. A family member, a friend, a co-worker said, hey, come to church with me, and eventually you did. And that was your first step towards renewing your relationship with Jesus. And the problem is once we're in the club, it's easy to forget how important that invitation was, right? It's easy to forget how God used that person to take us on the first step and, and, and we get complacent. Well, guess what? God wants you to be the light. He wants you to do the same thing for other people. He wants you to be the light for people that God has placed in your life so they can take their first step with him. Because God didn't place them in my life. He placed them in your life. He wants you to say, hey, come and sit with me. And most of the people out there would, would say, yeah, I would do that. Okay. The problem is we just don't share it. We keep it to ourselves. I want us to stop being Amish, and I want us to share the light, especially now when it's dark. So I'm going to push all of us to share the light of Jesus in our circles of influence by praying over, I'm just going to make it three people or three couples or whatever it is throughout 2022 that you're thinking and praying about who you're going to say, hey, I want to invite you to something. I'm going to make a bold invitation. I'm going to invite you to church. I want to invite you to, you know, to, to a small group. I want to invite you to Alpha. I want to invite you to something. Who is somebody that God just put on your mind and heart right now when I said that? Commit to praying for them and commit to inviting them. It could be the most, I mean, it's, it's, when I think back to inviting, asking Denise out on a date, I mean, all the things that have changed in my life, all the, all the amazing stuff that has happened because of that one thing. And when I think of people that got invited to be a part of God's kingdom, and, and including myself, and what that's done for them and their life, it's the most significant first step. So I just want to give you a moment right now. I just want to give a, a, a minute for you to pray silently and ask God. And maybe, maybe you don't have the light. We're going to talk. It's, it's all good. We're going to talk about that, but I want you to pray right now. Just take a moment, just a few seconds, and, and give you some time just to pray right now. God, who is, it, who is somebody that you need me or us to share the light with?
Here's what we're going to do. Um, as you leave, there's a, there are going to be small baskets uh, with these little light bulbs in them, okay? At stations throughout the lobbies, and there's also Sharpies there, okay? So I want to encourage you, and I, I know a lot of you are online today because of the storm and everything else. We're going to keep doing this, so don't worry about missing it. As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll tell you how to do it online in just a second. But here's what we're going to do. I want you to write the names of the people that God has given you. Now, you know, if they got like some weird name that, you know, everybody will recognize, you know, um, you can abbreviate or whatever. It could be your little symbol. My next door neighbor is an arrow or, or, or whatever, in case you, you're worried that somebody's going to see it at some point along the way. And I want you to write them on the light bulb because over the next few weeks, we're, we're erecting a wall that is, going to ha- that is going to have your light bulbs in it and, and demonstrate what it's going to look like as we share the light, as the year of first steps gets shared, all right? And, and your campus team will give you instructions on what to do with them. If there isn't enough room on the bulb for all of your names, take more than one bulb. It's okay. Have everybody in your family do their own bulb. Even if you're all ganging up on the same person, that's great. And if you happen to be watching online, we want you to participate too. If you go to parkviewchurch.com light, you can fill out a form. Tell us the names of the people that you would like on their on your light bulb. Don't put my name on there and be sarcastic. Um, and we will write them on. Uh, I'm just I'm already seeing how this is going to go, right? Um, we'll write their names on light bulbs and we'll put them at one of our physical campuses to add them to the wall for you. And we're going to leave this display up this whole next year as we get them done to remind us every time we come through the doors to keep praying about the people who need the light who keep praying about the people who are going to need the light. And here's what, here's what I want to remind you. Get lit, okay? If, if this is you, maybe you just write me on there, all right? I'm praying for me to get lit. I still want you to write the names of some other people on there because once you get lit, more people are going to get lit and more people are going to want to know how it goes. And, and I want to encourage you to, to do all those things together with us, okay? Write it on there and we're going to put them on the wall. And I'm going to guess um, that if you're here today and maybe it's me because you just need to take a next first step in your journey with Christ, or maybe you're going to write me on there because you don't have the light yet, I'm going to guess three things about you today, okay? Let me just talk to you for a minute. You probably agree with me that every, everybody's going to die. We all believe that everybody's going to die, right? You probably have some kind of a, of a belief in the fact that everybody is going to live forever. Because, I mean, most people probably do. And we all believe that none of us have died and know what it's going to be like after this life is over. You believe that too. But here's where we may disagree. We may disagree on the fact that we believe that it would be wise to hang our hopes on the one person who died and was buried and came back to life to talk about it. And that is Jesus. He came back from the dead to live forever. And he said, whoever believes in me will not perish but have everlasting life. And I know you, you might be like, well, just, you know, you're watching online, you, you may, whatever, you may just be like, just leave me alone, okay? Let me be okay in my spiritual darkness. Let me believe what I want to believe. I'll let you believe what you want to believe. I just want to tell you, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I'm going to badger you. I'm going to pester you. I'm going to bother you. I'll bribe you, whatever I have to do. 
because I really believe that Jesus said he was the light of the world and I really believe that that's true. And I really believe that everybody who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life and all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So if I don't try, it'd be like having the cure for cancer and keeping it to myself. I care too much to do that. I just wanna pray over you as we start this year. And then we're gonna, you're gonna hear this song that I think is, was my favorite Christian song of this last year. It's gonna give us the strength as we move forward into this new year. God, be with us. Help us to get lit. I pray for the people who are out there who are resistant right now to your spirit that's working in their hearts. I pray that you'll open up their hearts as, as you knock on the door and, and let them open it up like so many hundreds of people did over Christmas. And let them open it up and say, Jesus, I just, I, I, I believe, I need you. It's not about good news. It's not about good people, it's about good news. I, I believe, I need the good news. I want you to be my savior. And Lord, for the rest of us, help us to act like we're lit. Help us to take the next step in our journey in 2022 so that we can look back at the end of this year and go, wow, maybe that virus finally got over with. That would be one great thing. And hey, I had a pretty good year because I took the right steps and I got lit and I acted like I was lit. And I helped some other people get lit because that's really what the only reason that we're here. The only reason that you haven't come back already. The only reason that you leave us here after we follow you is so that we can help others do the same. Lord, be with us as a church in 2022. We want to shine the light. Help us to believe. In Jesus' name I pray.